0: you awake? Yeah. I just want you to know I hate you. So is my dad.
1: Please go away. Let me sleep for the love of God. Why don't you tell me a story?
0: How do you sleep at night? I don't want to hang out with a bunch of wannabe corporate sellouts.
1: Rock and roll bedtime stories exist to talk about the rumor and innuendo of the great songs and bands that you love. Um, My name's Brian. Hey, and I'm Murdoch. Hello. We are the story guys at gmail.com. If you want to get involved in the show, got a request for an episode about 9 11, which is not typically something people are like, hey, let's talk about this, unless it's, you know, 9 11. <laughs>
0: Unless you get an email from Good Time Charlie, who wants to talk about what a clear day, clear
1: Tuesday morning that was. No, no. Here, here's the letter. It's it's from it's from Zach, and Zach says, uh, "I was in college uh, September 11th, 2001. Still buying a lot of music. Hey, I can relate, Zach. I was too." And he says, uh, "I remember that there were a, I seem to remember that there were a lot of significant." Musical releases on that day. Am I making that up? Also, didn't 9 11 really change uh, things for music for a while in terms of radio releases, names of things, etc.? I'd love to hear some research from you guys on all of this. Love the show. Keep it up. Zach, let's do it. Fabulous. All right. Well,
0: um, Yeah, those nine eleven jokes had to wait a while, didn't they? That was sort of a too soon yeah. to tell nine eleven jokes. And now we're gonna tell a story about nine eleven that has actually there's a bit bits of nine eleven that are in here. It's gonna kinda of freak you out. Okay, um, so
1: let's so, real quickly. Ahead. I I think you and I have talked about this before and I, I think we've actually talked about it on other another podcast. But very quickly, what was your nine eleven experience? I was in uh, Denver and I worked
0: in radio and I was on the way into work. And I got a phone call to warn me that when I got to work, that there had been a plane to hit the World Trade Center. Um, And then when I was at work, I watched the second plane hit the other one. And I worked for a company that was owned by CBS. So we switched to CBS News like probably about 30 minutes later and sat around and watched it um cried a lot our vi- building got evacuated a lot because we were next to the world trade center denver and oh, next to wow. the capitol building wow and we had we had a bomb threat apparently um and then late some point later in, later in the afternoon someone told everyone to leave and go home um yeah so that's where i was
1: i you will- and I are nine years apart. You are nine years my senior. And so I was just starting college, literally in my freshman year. And I had uh, slept in, I don't know where my roommate had run off to that morning. Um, but I, I mean, I, I say slept in, I, I, I had an early class at like 8.30 or 9, and I got there, but I hadn't turned any sort of media on. I just got out of bed, put on clothes, and walked across campus to this class. And it was a communications class, and I remember it was taught by a TA who was real friendly and and much more, you know, not a stuffy college professor. And so there was this immediate more like we're kind of all in it together as opposed to there's an authority figure in the room. Yeah. And we talked a little bit about like kind of what was happening and I had no idea and people were just a little freaked out. And, you know, it's, it's hard to imagine this now, I think, but you know, at that point, I didn't have a cell phone. Some people had cell phones, but you didn't have smartphones. So it wasn't, you know, you picture this now and you're sitting at a desk looking up the news and showing each other stuff on social media, right? None of that was happening. It was just kind of all shock of like, what in the world is going on? And I know very quickly the TA just decided this isn't going to happen. This this class isn't going to happen. And so I think a few people stuck around and talked for a while and then... It just kind of broke up. My, my famous rock and roll related story is that I was supposed to go see a band play at a basement club that night and just decided it wasn't worth it. It was this new up and coming band that a lot of people were talking about that I didn't know if they were going to be anything yet, but they were called the White Stripes. <laughs> Turns out they did play in town that night to about 40 people. Um, they decided that the show should go on, um, despite the national culture and feeling. Um, and I was not there. And I I, I gotta say, I wish I had I wish I had gone to that show. I know
0: that um when I was in Denver Sade Chard- 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 had a show at the arena that was there and instead of canceling it, she went ahead and did the show. It wasn't on nine eleven, but it was you know, couldn't fly anywhere. So wherever she was, she was grounded. Yeah. Um, yeah. And uh, and she still did the show, but like and she made a statement that she was going to go through the show, but like a third of the house was there. So it was like a 18 eighteen eighteen thousand seats, and like oh, six thousand
1: people came. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Okay. So, so veering back 20, to music yeah. releases that day, it was a Tuesday, which I do remember the hype when I was in high school and early college around Tuesdays because those were release days. That's not how it works anymore, but those used to be big days. sometimes call them Super Tuesday, right? Yeah, and this was
0: one. I worked in a record store in, in college, and Super Tuesdays were a big deal. And uh, the, the thing was funny, even though no matter how hip and cool you thought you were, you um, there were there were times like on a uh, like on a Tuesday after Tuesday afternoon where people would come in and say, "Hey, do you do you have where's the Insane Clown Posse record that came out today?" And you would discover who the Insane Clown Posse was because all the copies were sold, right, and that was right. like before, pre pre internet and you know pre really internet, um, you know mid nineties. So, But anyway, it was a huge day for releases. And some really crazy things happened with some releases. And I'll, I'll get to those. Things that you can't make up that are so eerie and strange. It's bizarre. But let's, let's hit my first number one record on that date it was a record that I got that date because I pre-ordered it. And that's Slayer's God Hates Us All. <laughs> and what was the problem with that cover brian here's what was wrong with didn't it have the cut co- yeah the, it yeah it had a problem the cover of it was a gigantic huge leather-bound book that looked like a, sort of like a biblical text and then carved like with a knife with blood everywhere it said god hates us all on it oh wow like like the butcher cover for the beatles um, it got a white, you know, insert card yeah. that just said Slayer God hates us all with an up to, upside down cross um, in there. And so but it's also you have to put in perspective, like, did you know that Bob Dylan's Love and Theft came out on 9-11? Really? Like, it, instant masterpiece like it was instantly people thought it was an amazing record no one puts that together with 9-11 do people put mariah carey's glitter which was like the lowest point of her career with 9-11 yeah she became kind of a punchline around then about around that time and like her career was kind of going weird that was a nine eleven release that was
1: sort of unfortunate hey can we pause like, for I, a moment and listen to the beginning of disciple by slayer oh please yeah be on record that I really I I made this musical break happen not just for you but for Troy one of our uh, super listeners who doesn't get enough shout outs to his love of metal so there you go buddy thanks thanks for hanging with us but man not the album that you like watch the news footage from that day and want to see paired up with it
0: no and you find out after 9-11 like my buddies are in the military like they listened to this record while they were doing runs in Afghanistan truth um, How weird is that, man? Yeah. On that day, also, remember P.O.D.? How weird was it in the early 2000s that P- P.O.D., they had a record that came out that day, and... And that time you were you were you know you you listened to the radio, but around that time you couldn't get away from all radio, pop radio, adult contemporary radio, all played P.O.D. stained and Nickelback all the time. Like everything just went upside down. We're in the upside down music.
1: So, i I remember walking into my dorm and there was a big and not like on 9-11 but around this time there was a big tv downstairs in the like the main area and just this video was always on like that like it really was the soundtrack of that fall yeah
0: that's a great hook in that song too oh yeah um and speaking of everyone's favorite band nickelback um uh, Silver Side Up came out on that day. Which really? Means not, which means if you really had a difficult time with 9-11, everything else happened, of all the things that could happen that day, How You Remind Me by Nickelback was released <laughs> and never went away from everyone on the radio. Oh, man. Everyone's consciousness having to hear that. Oh, man. Um, and also, Brian's one of Brian's favorite artists... Folds released his, his solo LP, Rock in the Suburbs, on 9 11.
1: Yeah, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on.
0: Yeah, you want to play
1: that, don't you? No, I want to play this. Our listeners
0: are tuning out, dude. Oh, man. Okay, uh, that's funny. The most well known LP, I think, from this time is Jay Z's Blueprint. And I, I'll openly say in my truth, like, not a big fan. But Ooh, people do consider it to be like uh, uh, a real, like, a hip hop classic at that point. Like, it was sure. just immediate. It was a big hit. Mercury Rev, who a lot of people don't listen to, they had this remarkable LP that got a re release last year called All Is Dream, and it was absolutely completely ignored because of the unfortunate timing
1: of, of the release. Oh, wow. Um,
0: and sy- system of a down uh toxicity? Oh, toxicity
1: did come out that day didn't it hold on we got to do this for a second this record had back to back izzo and then girls 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 both songs i had totally forgotten about but it also had heart of the city and no love with mary j blige singing the hook yeah, <laughs> I mean it was it was a big classic. Okay, are you ready for the weird?
0: Yeah, hit me with the weird. So, for for people that don't even have this together, I mean people that are younger. Like 9/11 was not a thing for you. It was a very calculated attack on the United States financial, military, and almost the legislative, legislative and executive branches. Yeah. If Flight 93 hadn't crashed in Pennsylvania, it was either going to hit the White House or it was going to hit the Capitol building. Yeah. That would have been a – I mean, the whole idea of, like, we're at war, that extra plane hitting something would have been unbelievable. So, you know, and the two, Twin towers obviously the big financial sector, like, downtown in Manhattan – how in the hell was it possible on September 11th that two albums came
1: out that
0: actually depicted that the World Trade Center was on fire on their yeah, cover? Yeah. So
1: this—it's very hard for me to grasp the coincidence about behind this, right? Like it just yeah. doesn't seem—and is, is this the definition of synchronicity when you have to just? Yeah. Okay. Because you, like, you just have I mean, to I accept so. it, right? Like Things <laughs> like, okay, this is just a big, weird world and things happen. But it is unbelievable to me. So let's talk about those two records.
0: Yeah, and the first one's a little less shocking than the second one. So the first one is Brian's favorite band, Dream Theater. I just made that up. Dude. They had a live record. There's live scenes from New York. And the the cover art around the sides is like a montage of the band. But the center of that Artwork, there's the Statue of Liberty and the World Trade Center are there, and they're basically have like flames around them, like engulfed in them. But it doesn't look like they're like on fire, but clearly it, it is a big fire that they're, sure. that's behind sure. them. Sure. The, the record that people didn't believe is real, and if you want to go take a look and go to Reddit, some people actually, I noticed that didn't think this still was real. There was a, a hip hop artist, they're called The Coup. Oh they yeah. had a record called party music and it is if 9 was a difficult day for you for for whatever reason it was an awful day for me um it, it's it's kind of difficult to look at the cover because it's so unbelievable looking there's two 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 gentlemen on the cover and one of them is holding a detonator And then behind them, both of the Twin Towers have these gigantic explosions out of them. And they eerily look like not like what happened on 9-11. Like the art is so, it's so similar to what really happened, what you really saw on television. And, uh, you know,
1: that got pulled pretty quickly. Uh, Yeah. Uh, track, Track number two, you know what track number two was called on party music? Five million uh, ways, five, no five million ways to kill a CEO.
0: I didn't listen to that record much, but I do know you know who has a guest spot on that record. Who? Dead presidents.
1: Yeah, yeah, totally. <laughs>
0: um, so it was weird that if you think about how that day how, how that happened that that those re- records um either, like, it worked out great or, or it didn't. Um, and, and, Zach, to, to de- like, I remember being very clearly knowing everything about, and let's just point this out. This is about Clear Channel is what I'm pivoting to now.
1: So, well, Clear Channel... I, so, this is great. I yeah. was gonna say, let's talk about long-term effects, but also let's talk about specifically our experience because of our, yeah. our our background. If you've not listened to the show before, we both used to work in commercial radio, so we know a lot about how radio reacted here, and I think that. That's the next chapter of this. Right. So, right after 9 11, uh, Clear
0: Channel, which I'd like to go ahead and just say it now and, and out them, even though they're iHeart now, two of the worst interviews I ever had in my entire life were at Clear Channel. So, suck it, guys. Um, <laughs> anyway, they, they had a memorandum with songs that they determined were quote unquote questionable and it wasn't like the song titles necessarily but also is about the subject matter of them there was 165 songs on this list which wow. smacks of censorship um every song by rage against the machine was on it right oh shocking um knocking on heaven's door by both dylan and guns and roses was hey, on it can i pause but, you for a
1: second can i pause you for yeah. a second i think you bring up something with rage against the machine i want to talk about someone asked me the other day do you think it's possible that in 2020 looking back with a historical lens that we actually have a signed rage against the machine a place in musical and cultural history where they are actually underrated? I would like to hear your thoughts on that. Do you do you think they are underrated for their for their impact in their you know their fervor and what they have been able to accomplish or do you think they hold the right place in history?
0: i think from a political standpoint i think they might be somewhat underrated yeah and and i i lived through that and i saw them open lollapalooza like they were on the opening slot on lollapalooza sony or columbia whoever signed them sony sony was the label got them on that tour and people didn't really know who they were um and so they were just kind of part of that sound. They were like kind of the angry part yeah. of the sound. And, and I will tell you there were times when I very first was exposed to the group that I just thought it was kind of like angry. Uh, you know, I didn't read between the lines. Like, I didn't know... Other than fuck you, I won't do what you tell me, I didn't really pay attention to the rest of the lyrics of Killing the Name Of. Oh, man. And everybody should pay attention to what the other lyrics so of it, that song Right
1: now, in 2020, a song that came out in, what, 90, 1992? It, yeah, it, it reverberates with current feelings about police and about brutality and about violence and about the color of someone's skin and they were doing like I could play that for a kid or read it to a cultural enthusiast or critic and you'd think it was written in the last six months unbelievable yeah it's
0: yeah um, totally okay so there's weird things about this list too Brian I don't, do you remember the really weird parts where they're like there'd be two versions and like one version would be on the list and the other wasn't like Smooth Criminal by Alien Ant Farm was on the list but Michael Jackson original was not on the list like the original version of Last Kiss
1: was on the list but Pearl Jam's cover was not on the list so wait 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 why was Tommy right? James version worse than Pearl Jam's version it's Frank Wilson was the name of the uh, the guy. That was the early version of that. The early version is Frank Wilson. Okay, not yep. Tommy James. Yeah,
0: yeah. dancing okay. in the street. Both versions are included. If you're wondering about the second version, that's Van Halen. Um, and then leaving on a jet plane. Okay. Right? Yeah. Um, but like Peter Paul and Mary's version is included, but John Denver's wasn't. Right. Um ACDC had the most songs included, of course. You're ready for these. Dirty Deeds Done, Dirt Teep, Hell's Bells, Highway to Hell, Safe in New York City, Shoot to Thrill, Shot Down in Flames, and TNT.
1: I like that they're on there and they're like most of them are, you know, because they sound violent or because they sound unruly, but one of them they just wrote a song about New York and that one had to go too. <laughs> like- right, yeah.
0: And then the other thing that was really weird about this list that I think really bothered me as a as a human as an american really um and that sounds it's a pretty strong statement but i mean these guys can kiss my ass really so what we found was on that list were songs that were happy so they're the, the memo that came out they included songs that were happy because they didn't know if that was expressively going to be okay for people to hear happy music now think about that and think about the federal communications license that's licensed these radio stations and they're supposed to like well you we're not going to play happy music because of this national tragedy give me an example they're, of one of the songs the happy songs what a wonderful world walk like an egyptian
1: rescue me okay so so um, what a wonderful I, world i I can maybe see Walk like an Egyptian I'm having trouble coming to to that one. Why why, why would that not be okay? Mm-hmm. Is it because uh, of the Egyptian reference? Middle uh, Eastern? About, have you
0: seen her? But like here's the, the one's that are like obtuse, but then you hear it, right? Have you seen her?
1: Right? Yeah, a sign yeah. of the times. Okay. In the, in the air at night by Phil Collins. <laughs> Shout out to a to an earlier episode of this show. This
0: makes lots of sense. and Band by CCR. Um that'll be the day by buddy holly um the then there's stuff like you know the end by the doors like some things i i kind of get it brain stew is on
1: there think about that green day's brain stew can we imagine what it's like to have been in this boardroom like, just for a minute, just think about these guys pouring over books and CDs, because you know they had those gold discs, and they had just yeah, poured yeah. all the gold discs. People Not who've never been to radio I have no idea, but they used to, before there was all these electronic ways of getting you things, you would get your, your radio library on these CDs, and they'd stack them with 30 songs or whatever, but they would they would come in these literally gold uh Gold disc. Gold. They were. Yeah, they were gold CDs, and they would come in gold wrapping, and they would come with the gold back of it with all the lists of songs and everything, and you would just keep them in these giant cases up against the wall in case, even in the time that I was doing radio programming and stuff like we would still have them as a backup in case computers broke and that sort of thing. Right. So you would just have walls of these gold discs. And I can just imagine by the handful, throwing them on a conference room table and pouring over them and everyone going like, I don't know, I could see how you could construe walk like an Egyptian to mean that, the you know, a Middle Eastern man might walk in a way that would make you suspect. Like I literally can see a bunch of groupthink happening and it's nauseating and also a little bit uh, fascinating.
0: Yeah. Okay. Are you ready? So everything I'm going to throw at you now—they're they're fast, but they're all punchlines. You okay, ready? Yeah. These are on the list. Benny and the Jets. Oh. Uh, man, I feel the earth move. Oh God. Airway to heaven. Yikes. Imagine. Ooh. Cool. Great Falls of fire. Uh, Tuesday's Gone by Leonard Skinner. Oh man. See, sometimes it's almost funny. Crash into me by Dave Matthews. Oh. Uh, paper and fire by John Mellencamp. Uh, Jet airliner by Steve Miller Band. So what? What were people playing? Like I, I almost want to see the, the list. Night Chicago died by Paper Lace. Saint Elmo's fire by John Parr. <laughs> can,
1: can Can someone show me the list of what people were actually playing? Like some of these poor library stations are like. And here's another round of like I don't even know what song is safe in order to make this joke.
0: And the thing to be to be fair to this this awful uh, monopoly company. Uh, that should be kicked off The New York Stock Exchange For Pete's sake um, This wasn't like a mandate That they required all the stations to do It was a list that had suggestions on it But that list got leaked And it was a You know It, it, it was kind of You know it, it's, it kind of smelled of censorship a little bit
1: Yeah um, I remember people f- Having a lot of different takes on it Like there were some folks who thought like Okay I kind of get it, but what does this mean ideologically? And that's kind of what you're getting at is like, where does this put us on in, in, in history if we make some of these decisions or if we're even having these conversations? And I think that's a big reason why people didn't they didn't want that leaked. They didn't want people seeing that.
0: Yeah. And, and I guess all the songs that had things about fire and flying, dying and things like that. I mean, maybe the, prep, maybe the prep was to to keep people from calling in and complaining because of the massive blueprint, because Clear Channel owned, at one point, like 800 plus radio stations. So that blueprint would have a lot of risk for a lot of people calling in and complaining that they didn't want to hear a stairway to heaven
1: uh, after watching 9-11 happen. And how long were they suggesting that you pull these things from rotation? Did they ever give any sort of timetable? You know... I, I don't know. Like when I I looked up the memo, I didn't see how long that
0: that that went. But I I do remember very specifically, like there was the the moratorium of the moratorium was over at some point. I remember that very specifically like that happened and it might have been for PR reasons, too. Um, I mean, it was kind of a nasty it, it was definitely a little blight on on that organization. So, um, so- and it was just them. It wasn't it wasn't all it wasn't all media. It wasn't like, you know, a list from the government or whatever. Like it was one company. So private. I mean, it's a company so they can do whatever they want to do.
1: So what What other strange musical repercussions came out of 9-11? Besides, you know, a great episode of South Park where a fake great country song about when they built the ladder to heaven. You know what I'm talking about, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. People from all over the country are coming to see the ladder, feeling a connection to its symbolism (laughs) and beauty. Even country singer Alan Jackson has shown up with a song he has written about the ladder. Alan Jackson is, of course, the man who wrote the song Where Were You When the World Stopped Turning about the tragedies on September 11th. And now he's here once again to capitalize on people's emotions. Let's listen in. Where were you? When they built the ladder to heaven. Where did it make you feel like crying? Or did you think it, think was, it was kind?
0: Of, <laughs> what a beautiful song. Yeah. Brian, I'm do you do you remember? <laughs> do you remember that right after 9/11, people started playing Whitney Houston's "Star Spangled Banner" from the Super Bowl, and then "God Bless the USA" by Lee Greenwood started going on the radio too. Well, in you re- know, it's weird. Like, I remember them. I remember those things happening, uh, which were strange, you know.
1: Yeah. And there was then in country music, which was deemed and has been deemed the, the patriotic um you know, musical outlet, I guess, you know, it's not, you rock and roll, you can be critical of the government and then then you end up on this list, like Raging Against the Machine, right? But uh, country singers write, like to write songs about the red, white and blue. Um, And so then you got like aggressive and more aggressive songs. Like you had that Alan Jackson song, but then you had like the Toby Keith kind of just wrote his meal ticket for a while, writing very aggressive songs about, you know, basically killing terrorists. Um, That's right. There was just a very strange tenor in the country. And, I, you know, since we're talking about the musical implications, I think one of them, too, is the whole Dixie Chicks thing that ends up happening and what happens to their career is definitely related to this in terms of timing. I think if this had not happened, the sensitivity about speaking... Publicly about distaste and distrust of a national leader in an international space would have been seen a little differently.
0: Yeah, and and now it would. And and how about Kanye uh, off script with Mike Myers saying George Bush doesn't care about black people? Yeah, yeah, that's brutal. I mean, it's it's like stop you in your tracks, man.
1: Yeah, and and you know there is this real resurgence. Of affection for the United States and a, a respect for for Bush. I mean, that's why he gets the second term. I mean, I think in very very loose terms, right? Like people kind of think like, well, because of this is is probably why he he's able to get that. Um, but yeah, it's just you know th- there was also things happening in terms of you know you talk about album art on the day of but going forward for an indeterminate amount of time there were there was oh let's be sensitive about the th- way we're titling things and the art that we're using and one of those was that comes to mind for me is you know Jimmy Eat World right around this time put out an album called Bleed American and there are different versions of that album still to this day. If you find one that came out before 9/11, you can find a copy called Bleed American. but now they've tried to scrub the record and have na- they've left the song on the album, but the name of the album is just self-titled. It's you know fans still refer to it as Bleed American, but it is not publicly acknowledged as being called Bleed American or at least I don't think it's called that at all. Anymore. The
0: best thing was, The best thing was Really though The music industry Is all really They You know It was a very much Like togetherness With everybody Like everyone Kind of felt like They kind of Got their heads together And, and sometimes When musicians And entertainers Get together They do really Great things Sure um, And And I, I think They did and, and in retrospect Like it killed Record sales For a little while I mean the our, All the flights Were grounded So it, it probably killed The you know, tour dates And things for a bit um, but it changed the way we thought about a lot of things. 9-11 did. Um, but I mean, that was now 20 years ago and, and here we are. So, and, uh, they don't play any controversial dirty songs on the radio at all, um, these <laughs> days with
1: anything <laughs> revolving sexual
0: references or things blowing up stuff.
1: Uh, wow. So, um, uh, you know, I did just Spotify. look on Spotify and it does, it does appear that they are now calling, uh, bleed American, bleed American. They are allowing it. Back in the in on the record, um, which is a really interesting thing in the in terms of digital, right? It's like if that got erased in digital memory as Bleed American, it would never. I mean, people would forget, and it would never be known as that. Yeah, um, because you know, there's a there's some great conversation around what happens in terms of musical legacy and legend and history with the move to digital platforms in terms of copyright law and other things right what you know if you destroy or take away a track off an album digitally and decide that it can no longer be on that album it just disappears from history as people don't own physical versions of things anymore so yeah. if you know if if someone takes that album and they take bleed American and the Title track and the first track, and they just decide it's not appropriate, and they pull it off the album. Well, it kind of disappears for most listeners. It's just not a thing. And sure, people keep things certain places and put things on YouTube. But I mean, you can see from big brands being able to to relegate what is on and not on YouTube. Try to look up a SNL clip that you like. You know, I mean, yep. there, there is there are ways with enough money and power to to take those things away. And so, I mean, I've heard and had really interesting conversations about, you know, kind of vying for, 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 or, or justifying keeping physical music around because of the fact that things, the the historical record can be altered very easily. And I mean, we saw this a bit when we talked about warehouse fires and stuff, right? Yeah. You know, when things get caught up in flame, not to bring it all back to catching things on fire, um, literally on the back of a universal lot, when we lose the masters to certain things it can actually be erased from history and so it's it's just a it's a really interesting meditation on like art and you know how permanent art is is really meant to be and can be
0: yeah um but you know here we are like 19 years later and physical art in terms of
1: music is getting more scarce so well and if there was a national yeah. tragedy next week on Friday when a lot of albums would drop would any of that be affected would would any of it not come out or yeah, would, it's really yeah really interesting yeah i don't you know it's just the the drive to the store doesn't happen anymore and the merchandising doesn't happen it's all taking place on a digital platform it very easily could be removed very quickly but it may not be because the implications are different so it's it's all it's all very interesting well done man thank you for doing all the research on this yeah you're welcome i lived through it very much um so what's your you know i mean i think we've already said our favorite albums or can we confirm our favorite albums from from 2001 september 11th are mine's been folds and yours a slayer absolutely yeah but you 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 dig that dream theater record a little bit nope <laughs> (laughs) I'm not into that.
0: I'm not into the whatever kind of metal that is, man.
1: Uh, I'm going to send us out on Bleed American. Let's do it. Let's do it. If you want to get involved in the show, send us an email. It is wearethestoryguys at gmail.com. And uh, maybe we'll do a little research on on the story you want to hear. And uh, what should people do? Until next time, Mark. Keep telling stories, guys. I'm not crazy because I take
0: we we'll